Welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com Mid-Major Podcast, Episode 17. I'm Chris McKee, your host. Thanks for joining me. As usual, going to run through all the key scores and storylines and news from Mid-Major Basketball. The Gonzaga Bulldogs, number one team in the country, back in action tomorrow, which is Saturday for those listening. I know most people listen to pods at all different times. So they're going to play Pacific tomorrow, who are 5-2 and two on the season. So there are only two losses so far this year to Nevada on November 30th and then versus Pepperdine last night, 85-68. So for those that aren't familiar, Pacific, also a member of the West Coast Conference. It's a conference the Gonzaga Bulldogs are in, and they're coached by Damon Stoudemire, who's a former Toronto Raptor. I know Damon very well, followed his whole college career, played at Arizona, he's a superstar for the Wildcats from 1991 to 95. And then, of course, the seventh overall pick in the 1995 NBA draft by the Toronto Raptors. It was funny because I obviously I know that very well. You know, Toronto guy, I know my Raptors history. During that draft, every that was just um, the year after the UCLA Bruins had won the national championship, led by Ed O'Bannon, and everyone in Toronto wanted the Raptors to take Ed O'Bannon. And uh, when we drafted Damon, there was a lot of boos and a lot of people upset that that's not how they wanted to start the franchise with this little small guard. And it ended up being <laughs> maybe the best decision in franchise history to to draft Damon. So, um, yeah, no, no Damon's career pretty well. Played in the NBA from 95 until 2008. Played with the Raptors, Portland Trailblazers. Memphis, as well as wrapping up his career in 2008 with San Antonio. He's been the head coach at Pacific since 2016. So some of the guys on Pacific you want to be aware of heading into the matchup versus Gonzaga. Their leading scorer is Dennis Jenkins. He's averaging 13.1 points per game. He's a 6'3 sophomore guard from Dallas, Texas. And then also Jeremiah Bailey, second on the team with 11.4 points per game. He's a 6'6 forward from Fairbanks, Alaska. Every time I think basketball Alaska, I think Trajan Langdon Duke, because that was that whole, you know, their final four run, whatever, that year. Every single time Trajan Lang Langdon, you know, touched the ball, did you know he's from Alaska? So <laughs> every time I hear Alaska college basketball, that's what I think. Trajan Langdon, who obviously went on and played in the NBA. I know he played with Cleveland, but I forget where else. But yeah. Anyway, so Jeremiah Bailey from Fairbanks, Alaska. He spent the last two years at Pacific, followed by a first season uh, playing junior college. And then the third leading scorer on Pacific, Brock Finstuen. He's averaging 11.1 points per game. He's a 6'4 senior from Pine Island, Minnesota. This is his second year at Pacific, followed by two years playing for two separate junior colleges. So Pacific right now, 5-2 and two on the season. Nice little team, but I think they're going to get run over by Gonzaga. I watched pretty much the entire game last night versus Pepperdine, and I think part of it may be them looking a little ahead to the Gonzaga game tomorrow, but... They got whacked pretty comfortably by Pepperdine, so don't expect um, any miracles tomorrow against Gonzaga. So later on in the pod today, of course, we're going to talk betting picks. I was 0-2 on my picks from Tuesday, so got to redeem uh, Stephen F. Austin. They didn't cover. They won, but I'll get to that, that story in a minute. And then also, uh, Sam Houston State beat Abilene Christian. I liked Abilene Christian to win Sam Houston State with the upset. So, um, so yeah, got to get my betting picks right Today, we're also going to talk under-the-radar player. So we're also going to talk about Southern Illinois Edwardsville, 
sophomore twins, Shamar and Lamar Wright. So I was watching their game last night, and they're playing Tennessee State. And I just was like, I like this kid, Shamar Wright, nice little player. Was going to put him in my under-the-radar player watch. And then they mentioned, oh, he's got a twin brother, Lamar Wright. So I say, perfect, great story. So I started doing a little research on the boys last night, only to find out, wow, what a story. And we're going to get into that. They are the twin sons of murdered former NBA player Lorenzen Wright. And this case has got a whole bunch of twists and turns to it. So we're going to talk. I'm going to break that down for you a little bit later in today's episode. Lorenzen, 13-year NBA player, and was murdered back in 2010. So yeah, the, the Wright Twins, really interesting story. We're going to talk about that. Also, some great news. The UndraftedFreeAgent.com website is back up. I've, you know, the last two pods talking about the website's been down and what a nightmare I've had. And what finally got it back up, paid. I would highly recommend Host Papa, good company I'm, I'm dealing with that's helped me kind of right the ship and, and got my website back up and running. And then, of course, I got to go. I put all 16 episodes of the previous podcast up on the website today, so you can go find them there. And then um, also, I thought I lost all 400 of my articles. Now, I did technically lose them, but I found a few tricks on the Internet to reclaim some of them. So I'll just kind of copy and paste and, and at least restart to repopulate my website in the coming days. So please don't forget to check out undraftedfreeagent.com. We are back up and running, thank God. So thanks for bearing with me during that nonsense. So wanted to go through some of the scores this week. The last podcast I did was Tuesday. So I'm going to talk about the games from Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So going back to Tuesday and Wednesday, Winthrop now 15-0 after beating Presbyterian on back-to-back -back nights. So the, the perfect season continues for Winthrop. I've talked about it the last couple of pods, the way their schedule is shaping out. They have a darn good chance to go undefeated on the season. So that's a team you need to keep an eye on. So they right now have a 20-game win streak, which is the longest win streak in all of college basketball. So men are doing good things. You know, look, I know the level of competition they're playing against isn't what's in the Big 12 or the Big 10 right now, but they're beating everyone that's in front of them. And you can't knock it. And I think, you know, I've been on the Drake bandwagon pleading for them to be ranked. I think, you know, Winthrop's done plenty enough to deserve to be ranked right now. So Wednesday night led by Chandler Vaudrin, which is a guy I've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. 20 points, 6 assists. So I watched the entire game Tuesday of Winthrop beating Presbyterian. And Chandler Vaudrin, he's a pro. He is an absolute, he's a pro playing against college players. He's a class above you can really see, if you haven't had the chance to see him, uh, left-handed guard, started out playing D2, transferred up last year to Winthrop, and he is absolutely tearing it up. He's got over 1,000 career points. He can fill up the bucket. He can pass. He's one of the best passers in college basketball, not the best. Jalen Suggs is. He is a damn good player. No doubt in my mind he will play, at worst, a high-level European basketball and I think he legitimately has a shot to play in the NBA. He's as good or better than just about any guard on any high major program you know you can think of, aside from maybe you know a Marcus Carr at Minnesota. But um, he's he's better than most of them. The guy from Winthrop not going to get drafted, of course. But can he make his way to the NBA through the G League? Uh, maybe kind of working his way through that. I I absolutely believe it. He's got. Something he's better than most NCAA college basketball players. You know, I've seen he's he's a, a class above, and I think he's going to get an absolute shot. So if you can, check out some Winthrop hoops and watch out for Chandler Vaudrin, guy I've been following 
pretty closely here on the UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast. So going back to Tuesday, another team I've talked about quite a bit on the pod out of the MAC. Toledo now 12 and four after beating Central Michigan, behind a season-high 25 points from Ryan Rollins. And then one of my favorite players in all the college basketball, Marion Jackson, 15 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds. The dude is a baller, all-Mac player last year. I featured him on one of my under-the-radar player watches a few weeks ago, so go look that up in one of the other previous pods. But he's as good a player as there is in college basketball. Love him. And Toledo now could be looks to be separating themselves from the pack in the MAC number one team in the Mid-American Conference right now. So another team in the MAC that is catching up to Toledo is Akron. They beat Bowling Green on Tuesday night, 69-57. So in their last two games, they've beat the two best teams in the MAC. They beat Bowling Green, and they beat Toledo. And so on Tuesday, my guy, Loren Christian Jackson, 16 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. Akron now, I believe, 7-3, and three, and they are creeping up. So Toledo, the cream of the crop in the MAC, and, I mean, hey, Akron just beat them. But uh, Akron not far behind. They uh, they should be in the mix come March. So also go back to Tuesday night. Utah State beat Colorado State 83-64. And then last night, Colorado State flipped the table 84-76-1. So they split their back-to-back in the Mountain West. Utah State now 12-4. And, and Colorado State 11-3. Two of the better mid-major college basketball teams you will see. Uh, I watched quite a bit of the game on Tuesday night. And um, I think both... Maybe in the mix, even, you know, the way they're playing could be in the mix for at-large bids if they don't win the Mountain West right now. So that Mountain West, close as it comes, Boise State, number one team in in that conference right now. But they got a lot of damn good teams. uh, And Utah State, Colorado State, definitely in that mix. So watch some of the Southeast Missouri State 63-59 win over Tennessee State on Tuesday. Love me some OVC. And then on Wednesday, Stephen F. Austin back in action after a little bit of a layoff. They beat Northwestern State 96-74. That was one of my betting picks, but they didn't cover the minus 13. I watched pretty much the whole game. Stephen F. Austin comfortably in front. And so what it was was, you know, they've got the win. There's about five seconds left. And basically the Stephen F. Austin guys start walking off the floor. And one of the guys on Northwestern State chucks up a three at the buzzer. It goes in. And the guys on Stephen F. Austin were even defending. They just going to go ahead and take it. They were walking off the floor. Anyway, the kid hits the buzzer beater, and that was the difference. That was the cover. So, <laughs> hey, my apologies if anyone out there was putting some dough based on it. But, um, you know, ugh, you know, what can you do? I was screaming at the, uh, the television. Ah, he had it. Um, and that took away my cover. So also going back to Wednesday night, St. Bonaventure beat VCU 70-54. The Bonnies now 7-1 in college basketball. I think they're one of the best teams in the country. That is a team that is going to be ranked shortly if they keep up, keep doing what they're doing. Uh, They're the number one team in the A-10 right now. Uh, They play Duquesne Saturday and Duquesne 4-5. So I'm looking for the Bonnies to be 8-1. Uh, heading into next week, and they are trending upwards. Watch out for the St. Bonaventure, man. You don't want to play them. So also Wednesday night, Loyola Chicago, 75-39 over Valpo. They just hammered Valpo. Valpo having a down year, man. You know, one of the things I will say is, you know, I, I you know followed Valpo closely. They got a couple kids on that team I know well. Daniel Sackey, who's their point guard, who I loved. I called Daniel's high school games, and, you know, he's he could be the fastest player I've ever seen on a court. Now, Daniel only about 5'8", 5'9", 
just why he's at Valpo and not North Carolina or Duke. If he's six five, he's no doubt a you know a very high major team. But nice kid. But I thought he looked out of shape. You know, some of these kids dealt with the layoff and the pandemic and this and that. And you know, some kids have access to gyms, some don't. And Daniel, a unbelievable athlete. But I think, you know, heading into this season, I saw him earlier on. Now, I don't know about now. Maybe he's worked his way into shape. But the first part of the season, he, he looked completely out of shape, you know, put on a few pounds. And so, um, you know, when that's your point guard, one of your best players, a little behind the eight ball as far as some of the things that are happening, you know, societally. Uh, lockdown's pretty strict here in Canada, which Daniel from uh, Winnipeg and, you know, played his high school ball in the Toronto area. But, um yeah, man, got to get it together. Love me some Valpo, but 75-39, that's not getting it done. So also going back to Wednesday, talked about Boise, 73-51 over Fresno State, behind 21 points from Derek Alston Jr. They're now 13-1 in the Mountain West, and they look damn good. My other betting pick that I lost, Sam Houston State upset Abilene Christian, 65-57. So Sam Houston State now 12-5, man. They're looking damn good in the Southland. I mean, those are the three teams you're looking. Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston State, and Abilene Christian. That's who's going to decide the Southland Conference. So, hey, friggin' A. I'm, I'm, I was a little shocked at that one. I thought Abilene Christian, one of the top five mid-major teams in the country so far, but had a little bit of a layoff, a little bit of a pause, and I think maybe that affected them and... uh Hopefully they can turn it around as we head towards the conference tournament. Also watch some women's hoops last night or, or Wednesday night. So I was watching some of the UConn versus Tennessee women's game because one of the UConn freshmen, Aaliyah Edwards, I know really well. Um, I called her last two years of high school. She was the number one female recruit coming out of Canada and at 17 years old was playing with the Canadian senior women's national team. She's all the, She is a five-star recruit. Excellent. Getting some starts for UConn. You know, one of the great greatest programs in the history of women's basketball. So checked a little bit of Aaliyah, Aaliyah's game out, and uh, she played pretty well last night. I think she had nine points in the win over Tennessee. So shout out to her mom, Jackie, who got to know a little bit as well. Uh, so then last night, I, I went in a tunnel because I'm off Thursday, Fridays from my traffic reporting job. So my schedule is Saturday through Wednesday. So I try to do a pod Tuesday and then Friday my day off. So Thursday night, sat, you know, a couple beers, sitting out the garage. And I just went in a tunnel of watching a whole bunch of great games. So I had four four games on at once. I had a split screen going on my computer. So at once I was watching Portland versus BYU. BYU hammered them 95-67. You know, BYU, damn good team. Um, if you go look at who they've lost to, all like top 15 teams in the country, including Gonzaga. So I still think they have the best shot of giving the Zags a game February 27th at home, final game of the regular West Coast Conference season. I was also watching some of the Belmont versus Eastern Illinois game. It was a good, it was a close first half, and then Belmont pulled away in the second half, won 79-66. So Belmont now 15 and 1. I, I said you know, after a couple of weeks ago, once they got to a 12-1, I got to start paying a little closer attention to them. So I've watched their last two complete games. I watched that entire game last night. They're good. They got some players who I'll, I'll get into. One of my under-the-radar player watch this week will be from Belmont. But their head coach, Casey Alexander, is doing a job. So this is his second year. Took over from the legend, Rick Bird, who'd been there for God knows how long. I interviewed Rick a couple of years ago. Couldn't have been more of a wonderful man. He was great. Really enjoyed my conversation with him. You can go find that on Mid-Major Madness, where I used to write. But um, So right now, Casey Alexander in two years as Belmont head coach, 41-8. and eight. So 41 wins, 8 losses. I mean, that's as good as anybody in, in college basketball. 
And so watch out for Belmont, 15-1 and one right now. The only other team I think that, I mean, the OVC, a great conference top to bottom. They got some players, but uh, Eastern Kentucky in the mix, not far behind them, who I'm going to talk about uh, in a second here. So also last night, watched quite a bit of the Pacific Pepperdine game. Mentioned Pepperdine, comfortable, 85-68. Pacific looking a little ahead to the Zags game this weekend, but um, yeah. Also, last night, Bowling Green lost to Miami, Ohio. I am off the Bowling Green bandwagon. I've been pumping their tires for a couple weeks. and They've lost two or three in a row right now. And saw a little bit of that game. They don't look very good. So, Bowling Green sliding in the Mac. Um, you know, that, that's such a tough conference. They cannibalize each other. Everyone, you know, not one team not too much better than the rest. And so, it's all pretty tight. But Bowling Green sliding. Akron talked about now 7-3 and three after beating Central Michigan. One of the sneaky teams I mentioned a week or so ago in the pod that's that's on the creep up, Montana State, now 8-3. and three. They beat Northern Arizona 62-51. They're looking damn good. So one of the cream of the crop in the big sky, that's a team you could see in March Madness. Watch out for Montana State. And I mentioned Eastern Kentucky, 113-73 over UT Martin. EKU now 13-2. and two. So they're, they're giving Belmont a run for their money in the OVC. Not far behind. Belmont 15-1. Eastern Kentucky 13-2. That's a, that's a matchup to watch out for in the coming weeks in the OVC. Also last night, watched a little bit of the Weber State 91-67 win over Southern Utah. Weber State, they, start, they started off slow. I think they were like 2-3 and three at one point. So they're now 7-3. and three. So they're red hot getting it together now that they're in conference uh, schedule. And Southern Utah, a team that I think... I think it might have been nine and zero, nine and one at one point, and now sliding. I think ten and four. So they've lost a couple, you know, creeping ahead as they get into the conference schedule. So then last night, the most interesting game I watched, which then led me into a pretty interesting tunnel. So I was watching Southern Illinois Edwardsville. They beat Tennessee State last night, 67-65. It was a game of the night, man, back and forth all night long. So I had the four split screens going, and because that was the better game, I ended up putting the sound on that for the most one. So uh, you know. Southern Illinois Edwardsville now four and four on the season, two and zero in the in the OVC. So they've been on pause for a few weeks, uh, and then come back. You know that's a big win after sitting there being on pause for a couple weeks. I think they missed about seven or eight of their last games, and now back to it. But uh, one of the kids that I was watching, just watching the game, and Shamar Wright, nice little player, ended up having fourteen points, nine rebounds. And I thought, okay, Shamar's going to be on my under-the-radar player watch. Really enjoyed his performance last night. And then they started mentioning his twin, Lamar Wright, on the same team. He had five points last night, Lamar, with two rebounds and 15 minutes off the bench. And I'm like, boom, there's my story. So I started doing uh, a little bit of research on the kids last night. And then, wow, what a story they have. So Shamar, a 6'7", sophomore guard. He's averaging 7.4 points per game right now, four rebounds as well. And Lamar, a 6'7 sophomore forward with 6.4 points per game and three rebounds a game. So Shamar, it looks to be, is the better of the two brothers. And uh, he originally committed to UNC Greensboro coming out of high school and then switched his commitment, I guess, when uh, Brian Barone, who's the head coach at Edwardsville, um, decided to take the two of them. And so Brian Barone, who's the head coach now, his father, Tony, was a former NBA coach, and he coached the Wright Twins' father, Lorenzen, when he was with the Memphis Grizzlies in the NBA back in 2006. So a bit of a connection there. 
So for those that don't know, Lorenzen was murdered in July of 2010. But So before that, played in the NBA from 1996 to 2009. He played his college ball at the University of Memphis from 94 to 96. He was the seventh overall pick in the 1996 NBA draft by the Los Angeles Clippers. And had a pretty good NBA career. Played with uh, the Atlanta Hawks. He had two different stints with them. Played with the Memphis Grizzlies, as I mentioned. Sacramento Kings and the Cleveland Cavaliers as well. Played 778 career games. Averaged 8 points a game over his career. 6.4 rebounds. His best season, probably 2000-2001 with uh, Atlanta. He had 12.4 points per game and 7.5 and rebounds. And then after his career... So July 18th, this is where it gets really interesting, July 18th, 2010, uh, Lorenzen Wright left his home in Collierville, Tennessee, and was never seen alive again. So 10 days later, they found his body in a wooded area in a nearby town, you know, decomposed uh, out in that heat in the summer. And uh, turns out on the night of his disappearance, 911 received a phone call from Wright's cell phone and while he was on the phone with the dispatcher, the, you know, the dispatcher heard gunshots. Turns out, you know, when they listen to the recording, 11 gunshots and then Lorenzen's phone becomes disconnected. But the dispatcher didn't report it, didn't say anything uh, for eight days. And so obviously, you know, the police in Memphis and whatever the neighboring towns trying to find out who did this. And hey, one of my favorite shows is the first 48 and the first 48, the most important you know, length of time in order to decide if they're going to find who's the killer. And so when you go eight days without that kind of information, it puts a real sort of stumbling block in the investigation. And uh, so the 911 dispatcher finally tells her supervisor eight days later about that. And then, you know, they, they end up finding the body. So the murder goes unsolved for the next seven years. So, you know, Shamar and Lamar Wright, not knowing who took their father's life. And they were 10 years old at the time of his murder. And then in November of 2017, the gun used to kill his father was found in a lake in Walnut, Mississippi. So they connected the gun to a man named Billy R. Turner, who was a landscaper and a church deacon, if you can believe that. And he was eventually arrested on first-degree murder. And so obviously, you know, during this conversation, probably talked a little bit, got himself a deal. And... On December 15, 2017, Shara Wright Robertson, which is Lorenzen Wright's ex-wife and the mother of the twins, Lamar and Shamar Wright, she was arrested in California. Uh, she was driving the boys home from one of their basketball games, and FBI pulled them over and arrested her. So the boys in the car when their mother is arrested. So turns out Shara attended the church that Billy Turner was a deacon at. So that's their connection. That's how they knew each other. I don't know if they had any kind of physical relationship or what. Or um, So it turns out a lot of this was motivated by Lorenzen had a $1 million insurance policy on his life. What I understand, he made $55 million over the course of his NBA career, but I don't think he had much of it left uh, by this point. And so that $1 million insurance policy obviously became pretty important to Shara. And she wanted that money. And so it looks like she hired uh, Billy Turner to kill her ex-husband. And uh, yeah, so in July of 2019, Shara pled guilty to facilitation of first-degree murder. And she was sentenced to 30 years in prison. And so 
I mean, wow. I mean, when you think of that story, I, I remember when hearing about when Lorenzen Wright was murdered, it was very upsetting. A lot of NBA players, you know, putting in money to try and, you know, for Crime Stoppers, trying to find out, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies put some money in and stuff as well, trying to find out who did it. And then it goes unsolved and it turns out the ex-wife did it. And so what a uh, what a story and, and heartbreaking you know, life these these young boys have led, Shamar and Lamar. And so, like I said, I was just sitting watching the game and thought, hey, man, these kids, nice players. That's, that's pretty good. I want to try and keep an eye on these guys over the next little bit because, you know, Edwardsville, one of those scenes that's been on pause, haven't seen them much. And so decided to tune in, and then, wow, what a story. So, um, hey, that's something to keep an eye on. If you ever, you know, needed a reason to watch Southern Illinois, Edwardsville's basketball, there you go. You got one right now. So... On a little bit of a lighter note, I want to talk under the radar player watch. Hey, Shamar Wright in that uh, already. And now the second one, kid you need to know about. So Jacoby Wood from Belmont. He's a freshman. I watched the entire game uh, the other night, and he was the best player on the floor. And I was surprised when I looked him up. You're like, wow, this is a freshman. So he's a 6'2 guard from Cleveland, Tennessee. He's averaging 13.3 points a game right now for Casey Alexander and the Belmont Bruins. And coming out of high school last year was the 2020 Mr. Basketball in the state of Tennessee. Pretty impressive. Had 29 points per game as a senior in high school, but was only listed as a two-star recruit. And I tried looking up. Like, they don't even have profiles for this guy on, you know, ESPN or 24-7 or, you know, any of these other major recruiting sites didn't have any information about him or had very little information about him. Verbal commits had him rated as a two-star, and the kid is a baller. Okay, not you know Belmont, usually a little bit cookie cutter. They're they're pretty standard. You know their their guys are all pretty disciplined, good players. But uh, Jacoby Wood, he's got a little flair. He's got a little style to him, a little bit different than the regular Belmont players. You can you usually see dude can shoot for three. He can facilitate, get the team, you know, get his teammates involved. He's an excellent passer, really nice player. And so that is my under the radar player watch of the week. Jacoby Wood on Belmont freshman. Watch out for a man. The kid can play. So wanted to get into my betting picks of the week before I get into one last little rant about uh, FIBA Canada basketball. So I'm hey I've been struggling. My I'm 0 for 4 on my last pick. So my goodness, I gotta get it right. But hey, prior to that, I was five of six. So we're balancing out a little bit. I'm still ahead on the season. I'm still going about 56, 57 percent. So still ahead of the game. But uh, these are two games to watch out for Saturday. If you're looking to lay a few bucks. So Louisville minus two over Duke or Louisville, excuse me for those in the area. So only minus two over Duke. Duke just five and four on the season. Louisville nine and three. I've watched them. They are a damn good team. And Duke ain't good. And so Duke's still getting the love from, I think the, I mean, thank God they dropped out of the AP top 25 this week. But for some reason, the media and people still think Zion Williamson's on the team and RJ Barrett, and he's not. The players they have right now, not that good. And so, uh, you know, I would not be surprised to see Duke not make the tournament for the first time in a while because he ain't that good. So Louisville is a is a tournament team, one of the better teams in the ACC. Take them minus two. I, th I think they should win comfortably. And then also tomorrow, one of the teams I've talked about, St. Bonaventure's minus four and a half versus Duquesne. I think Duquesne just four and five on the season and the Bonnies seven and one. You know, one of the best teams, uh, one of the best mid-major teams in the country. They are damn good. I got an up-close look at them last November when they were in Toronto. 
that's a tough team, man. They, they Just the whole culture around it, no nonsense, loved it. They had an excellent fan base that traveled with them to Toronto. So I'm rolling with the Bonnies, minus four and a half over Duquesne. There's my two picks, and I better get them right um, because I've been struggling my last few picks. So one of the other news, it's got nothing to do with mid-major basketball, really, but um, you know, I'm in Toronto, and I saw FIBA, you know, the governing body of international basketball, find Canada basketball $227,000, which is a crushing blow. Canada basketball, they don't have the money of USA basketball. So, you know, quarter of a million bucks, that's a, that's a pretty good dent into, into Canada basketball. And so the reason being is they missed two qualifying games back in November for the FIBA America Cup, which is supposed to take place in September 2021. They're supposed to play the in the Dominican back in November versus Cuba and the U.S. Virgin Islands, which I think two games they could have won easily without any of their A squad, without any of the NBA guys. They could have done it with all their you know European guys that play in the Euro Leagues and stuff like that. But um, what they're claiming is the reason why they didn't go was, well, there's a pandemic happening, it's safety and this and that. And I'm, I'm over that. I sat and watched uh, about 11 college basketball games last night. Men and women, they're all playing. And then once that was done, I flicked on you know TSN and Sportsnet here in Canada, watched a little NBA. And so a significant portion of players who play for the Canadian national team are NBA guys. So what health and safety are we talking about? You get a private jet, you fly these guys down, they go straight to the hotel in the Dominican, play their games and come back against other guys who are all playing basketball. Okay, so this hiding behind health and safety, uh, and I've, I've had it with it already. Okay, we've got games going on. No one's dropping dead on the damn floor. It's pretty clear right now what's going on. And so to sit here and pull the, you know, and I even saw Nick Nurse, the Raptors head coach, going, oh, this is appalling. We're doing this for the safety of our players. Me meanwhile, you know, you're, you're coaching NBA, in the NBA, Nick. Uh, the guys who are going to go play in that tournament, play in the NBA. So they're all going to play tonight. They could have played in November. Stop with the health and safety stuff. I'm, I'm sick and tired of people hiding behind, you know, all, all the, the nonsense of wanting to cancel and, and enough of it. 2020, let's cancel 2020, 2021. Let's turn a new leaf and uh, let's get back to our lives. So thanks for joining me. As usual, of course, drop me a line on Twitter at Mr. McKee, M-R-M-C-K-E-E. Check out undraftedfreeagent.com. The website is back up. Of course, I got to tinker with it, work with the design and that, but I am working to repopulate the content and things are going, going pretty good. At least that's one stress off my, uh, off my back. Um, of course, check out the undraftedfreeagent.com socials. And of course, as well, click subscribe. Thanks for listening. Downloads going through the roof. And uh, I appreciate all your support. The beating of my heart.